away. So, yeah, it has said that we have started. Discord has sent out their their notification. So has Africa TV because we have millions of subscribers that are from Taiwan. Um, I mean, they might be Wei Yan Chen fans, and they're going to like what I'm going to say about them. Um, <laughs> good evening, everybody. Afternoon, morning, wherever you are. I'm Francisco. Joined once again by my good buddies, Andrew and Charles. Uh, we have another episode of Sports Goofs, uh, an actual episode, no no playoff hockey extravaganza and California Condors today, but uh, we will be talking about uh, nature, as in golf, for, for once, we'll actually talk about golf, Not probably not for long, but golf in general, because uh, a certain tiger is is back, at least for now, for at least for a little bit, you know. Uh, BU, Mr. Canada, is Snoresville. He doesn't want to talk about golf. Golf is bad for hockey players because, well, golf means that you're not playing playoff hockey. And there's been plenty of playoff hockey. And uh, I'm sure. I can think of at least two teams that are that might very, be, very They might be golfing that might be after golfing tonight. The end of this evening. So, yes, we do have on the bottom there on the, on the screen, it's not a crawl because it's static. There's only so few games on in the playoffs. But. We have the Tampa Bay Lightning fighting for dear life and from absolute evisceration by the hockey community if they lose tonight to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sports community. This is, well, I'll, I'll discuss it later when we get into the, the actual hockey section, but this is historic. The, if, yeah, the Pittsburgh Penguins also trying to stave off elimination. Um, to the New York Islanders, to the one man that probably knows how to, who's probably figured out the Penguins in Barry Trotz. Because remember, he was the Stanley Cup winning coach last season with the Capitals. The Winnipeg Jets uh, play the St. Louis Blues. They finally, uh, it's a a 2-1 series right now for the Blues. Uh, They lost their game at home in St. Louis. And then we have the Vegas Golden Knights versus San Jose Sharks. The Knights have... uh, after game one, have uh, really clamped down on the Sharks. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, and once again, the Knights had an epic uh, opening intro <laughs> to their playoff season, which everyone enjoys, unless you're from San Jose. Then, of course, the Orlando Magic, after stealing game one from the Toronto Raptors. But the Raptors always lose game one for some reason. So we'll see what happens there. The San Antonio Spurs face off against the Denver Nuggets. The Spurs also upset with a game one victory. And then we have the Portland Trailblazers versus the OKC Thunder. Portland is up 1-0 on that series. So we'll talk about the first couple of games. First, uh, the same champion. Uh, but um, there's a certain player on UMass who, well, that might not be the worst thing to happen to him this week because his week has been pretty <laughs> darn awesome. Well, we'll get to we'll take some things, but what else do we have going on in the league? Uh, well, full slate of MLB games this e- this evening. All fifteen teams, uh, all fifteen, uh, thirty teams in play um, of particular relevance to your one and only sports goofs are the Chicago Cubs here in Miami playing the Marlins, which is sure to be uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure to be a Cubs victory, but go ahead. Um, for Mr. Charles over here, the the hated Red Sox are over in the Bronx to play the Yanks. 
my Tampa Bay Rays are at home in St. Petersburg playing the Chris Davis-led Baltimore Orioles. Yes, we'll talk all about that too. And then over in, uh, what is that valley? Uh, that lost Chavez, Chavez Ravine. Chavez Ravine. Over in the Chavez Ravine, we've got the homecoming part two of Yasiel Puig going back to his old team of the Los Angeles Dodgers, now as a member of the Cincinnati Reds. And that was an interesting evening last night. Okay. So, so yeah, once again, a nice slate of games today. Uh, very excited. Well, let's get to the to the one sport we never talk about and we probably have most least about. But because of a certain individual, we actually know that it exists. It's, uh, it's Mr. Tiger Woods. Um, after 14 years and I guess 10 years since his last victory, uh, finally won a tournament. And it was the tournament of all tournaments, the Masters. Uh, he... Uh, I, we discussed this when it happened uh, personally on Facebook as far as the the moral side of this. Uh, Andrew wasn't feeling too um, sentimental about Tiger Woods winning due to his past transgressions. I mean, as I was telling the guys, uh, I mean, as I looked more into it and as we discussed a little bit more, you know, I, I don't want to say that I backed off of the position, but it seems like, you know, his ex-wife seems to be okay with what happened with things. Um, he seems to be in a good place and seems to have owned what he did. Uh, I mean, I won't go into further detail with other athletes who haven't gone so far um, and taken those remedial steps, but I mean, I think it is sh- something that should be noted, but I'm you know, seeing what he's done to kind of make amends, you know, I'm glad to see that and seeing him come back from, you know, the lowest of lows, you know, literally crouching on the, the golf course in agony because his back and, and legs were given out to see him, you know, reach the highest of highs once again. You know, I think that's for a great comeback story. It's funny. Yeah, been about 11 years since Tiger had the eye of the tiger. Yes, <laughs> yes Charles. Always chime. I mean, just life kind of came at him hard, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess karma came out of him hard with regards to everything yeah. else. I mean, he was uh, on top of the world at that point. I actually remember I was living so when that happened, and I believe he at the time he did, and he probably still does own a home in a suburb called Windermere, which is a little bit north. It's north and I think west of downtown Orlando. Think, but ha- hasn't he moved? He's moved to Jupiter, Florida now as a permanent home now because that's where his restaurant and everything is now. Okay, that makes sense. But that's in that case, that's more south Florida. Remember, he also had that issue with where he was like on some pain medication and he had a DUI right. at the same time, which is actually near the condo that my sister and my brother-in-law own. It was actually, <laughs> I think it was on the same street. So had they not moved, I could have... You know, I, I'd always thought about like the what if scenario, like, you know, if you were in a different place in a different time, like what if I had, you know, come, come over to my sister's house one day and I saw just this car on the side of the road and looks like some poor guy was like, and I looked in and it was like, holy crap, Tiger Woods. And I like help him out. 
you know, it's before the cops got there. And, you know, it's like, I knock on my sister's door. It's like, is that Tiger Woods? I'm like, shh, shh be quiet. She's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we got we to gotta sober him up. <laughs> and, we know, and he's like laying on our couch and we're like, you know, oh, he wakes man. up and we're feeding him breakfast and stuff, you know. And then he thanks us by giving us like a million dollars or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Or, or some copies oh, of, 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 man, of Cyber Charles. Tiger on Nintendo 64. Uh, come on, dude. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, but yeah, he's been through a lot, and but he's and he's had the back surgery. I think they had to fuse his spine or something he, like that he, to his he, neck. He's he's approaching. I'm not talking about his career earnings, but he's approaching six million dollar man territory. And I'm talking about the old TV show. He's got the money to do it, though. That's oh, for he, sure. He's got a lot more than six million dollars. I think uh, the purse for Masters is like one third of that. It was it's it's on screen right here. It's eleven million five hundred thousand. So, oh, how much does a winner get? I should say that's the purse. That's, okay. The purse is the total amount of prize money given. Okay, I, I'm not sure how much of that, but you know, well, Tiger makes more of that in endorsements than anything yeah. else. So, but yeah, he he's surgerized up the wazoo. Uh, this this person this man should not be playing golf. It should not be physically possible. But he did it. Uh, what say you, Charles? Look, I was uh, you like it, you know, you like it for the sense of a Hollywood sensation, a sports, especially for a sport that's very uh, quiet. You know, you either like golf. Or you don't like golf. I, I do like golf to a degree. I like playing golden tee at the bar, if that counts for anything. I know some players' <laughs> names. But there's always an intrigue to Tiger. you know. And this kind of caps off the rise, fall, redemption. You go to all RFR of Tiger Woods because for the longest time, he was the it guy. You know, he was the poster child for, for a sport, you know, where – for the longest time, it was just you know, what Jack Nicholas, and that was it, to my degree um, of understanding. Well, Arnold and Palmer as had, well. Don't forget him. Or Arnie Palmer. Well, you know, if I like you more for the drinks and the sport, I got questions. But everybody has a different <laughs> time here now. Um, he, he was widely culturally popular. He was different than your prototypical um, golfer because he's a mixed guy who's not the old white guy in the country club kind of thing. He's, he was so popular that he owned video game franchise that profited until the sex scandal. And then Rory McIlroy came in and just died because they look at Rory McIlroy and they're like, you're not going to win anything, so you're not going to make us money. Um, so when Cesar hit us up and said, oh, are you guys watching this? I'm like, oh, yeah, the Masters is going on. It, there was something nice about it. You know, I don't know. Maybe on sentimental. Nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just sentimental toward matches and womanizers. But, you know, I uh, it, it, it was good. It puts – Tiger back in entry because I don't think anybody had him really winning any kind of big major PGA tournament um, from here on out, and he did. Now, mind you, this isn't going to really propel him to being number one in the world and fully saying Tiger's back, but what matters is not that Tiger's back, it's just Tiger won, and what can he do with that momentum? Well, it remains to be seen. I mean... He's, no, he's he's sixth ranked in the world right now. So after, despite all of that, he's still one of the top players in the world. Right. Well, I think I think he he was never he climbed his way back up to sixth. He was 
he was very low at one point. I don't remember how low, but he was definitely nowhere close to the top six. And I imagine that his number is going to jump quite significantly with this victory. Uh, probably top five again, uh, assuming that they haven't calculated the new results yet into the points. Uh, but he, during kind of the, the low point, he was definitely much lower than this. But it, it sh it's kind of a trend almost. You could, I know a lot of people were saying that, you know, he couldn't do it anymore, things like that. But you could kind of see this trend that he was starting to get back into things. He was actually won a tournament here and there. Um, I'm totally surprised still that he won, but it's not like the the U.S. beating the Soviet Union in the 1980 Miracle on Ice, where nobody saw it company. Uh, there were indications that it could happen. Tiger is is transcendent for the world of golf. That is true. Uh, honestly, I can't think of another person who was, like, I forget if it was you, if it was Charles or Francisco, who said it was the poster child for the sport. Uh, I don't think, I can't think of any other sport where when you think of the sport, you only think of one person. I think Charles, uh, I think Tiger Woods is, yeah, I mean, you think of, oh, like, uh, the Jackets are up one nothing already, dude. Uh, I think they just scored on the power play, and we are, it's only 1734 in. So already not looking good for the Tampa Bay Lightning to start out. Uh, we will keep you posted on this because we will be following this game throughout because uh, <laughs> it would be fun to catch an on-air rant by Andrew. They took a slashing penalty, 45, 45 seconds, seconds in. Wow. in? Are you kidding me? Uh, sorry, I'll try and keep my my emotions in check. So that was Ryan McDonough who, who caused the slashing there. All right, so... Um, let's continue. Uh, so Tiger, you're back. Uh, come on down to my sister's house in Jupiter. We'll make you, <laughs> we'll make you some nice carne asada or whatever. Uh, or we, we can have it at your restaurant. You, your treat. Okay. Your treat. <laughs> All right, boys. So that's enough golf. We talked about golf. Golf has happened. Uh, do we have to do this? Wait, we're, no, we, we can go to the NBA. We no, can, let's let's just get it over with. Well, well, okay, fine. We we'll get. Let's talk about the other games before that. All right. So the Stanley Cup playoffs are, man, I love playoff hockey. Like it is playoff it, hockey is gigantic, it, uh, gigantic greater. Like than I think, design. like it's 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 so much better than all the other sports. We no have question. the top two teams in the East and West are already down in their series. I, the I mean the freaking Avalanche just absolutely destroyed the the Calgary Flames last night, and we're gonna get to that in a second. Uh, well, let's talk about it because there's a, a funny aside with regards to the the Colorado Avalanche. So uh, the Frozen Four happened. We can mix the Frozen Four into this because it's all hockey. It's all part if of you want to uh, add in kind on of this. A, kind of our our playoff hockey extravaganza part de here. Um, so. Uh, the Frozen Four happened in Buffalo. Uh, it was a it was a pretty good tournament. Uh, you had uh, uh, you had UMD uh, defeating the UMass Minutemen. 
uh, it was funny that the game before that, uh, UMass was facing off against Denver, the Pioneers, and their cap, the the UMass captain actually got a game misconduct for what what was what I felt was already a questionable hit, and um, uh, and I I felt that he had to be. Uh, thrown out of the game because of that but you would think that okay that's a huge blow to your team you lose your captain i'm assuming he was one of their better players and i think there was another game misconduct for umass during that game as so i thought well this only sets the table up for denver uh (laughs) multiple exactly i thought like okay this would essentially bury umass uh it should have been three so they did lose two players to game misconducts and yet they still came out and won versus denver and the the final score will show you that it was a I think it was a four three final in overtime. Correct. But what it doesn't show you is that they they were down one and they quickly got out. Oh no, dude! It is two nothing now. Oh boy! Oh my good! Uh, so okay. Wow. Uh, sorry, people. We we are. I, I. It's just. This is huge. Like this is historic. Oh, da- Charles. Oh, Danny boy. The pipes. The pipes are calling, right now. Um, I. <laughs> I. I can't help but laugh right now. This is bad. I. This is. This is really bad. Like. Can, can we just do just put a pause on the Av series? I just want to get this out of my system. Okay, go ahead. I can't help but laugh right now. The, there's no more sadness. The I have reached. What are the five stages of of grief? Uh, denial, denial, anger, sadness, uh, bargaining. I have reached acceptance. acceptance. I have reached, I I reached, I was on the cusp of acceptance prior to this game tonight. I was like, okay, if, if we go out like this, I'll be okay with that. Now I have transcended acceptance and now I'm in, this is, I'm actually laughing at my own team and I I, I made a comment on Twitter the other day after game three and I said I've I'm 27 years old and I've seen the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows with the teams that I follow um, case in point UCF football we won the 2013 Fiesta Bowl as a at least like a 20 point underdog um, won the 2018 Peach Bowl as another underdog. Um, but then 2015 we went 0 and 12. So I've seen the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows for my teams. I, as I commented, this is challenger deep levels of lowness. And for anyone that doesn't know what that is, that is the lowest point on the face of the earth. You cannot get any lower than that. That is the lowest point on earth. This is the challenger deep of sporting choking. You got the, the, the Blue Jackets only have three shots on goal and two of them have already gone in. And you guys finally got your first shot on goal right now. Literally just happened right now. Uh, wow. So, and Vasilevsky's in net. So, they, I, and I was, I was discussing if, I've been doing a lot of internal soul searching about this series. And 
really, I think this series, when you go, when we'll go back and dissect this series for decades and decades to come for its sheer level of, uh, <laughs> the prom date that talked a big game when you find yourself back in time to finish the dance. Well, th- this is the, this is part of the, the discussion with regards to the lightning and the blue jackets. And it's something that we had mentioned beforehand before the playoffs even started. I said, if the lightning face off against the blue jackets, the blue jackets have been made the playoffs on the skin of their teeth and they've been fighting since the trade deadline to get to this point so you have a team that has been battle tested has had to win every game and really has everything to lose because they could lose Panarin and Bobrovsky even after all this maybe who knows and the Lightning have been coasting they they coasted to their 60 victories they spanked everyone in 62. the league 62 62 so yeah exactly and which is what is creating this 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 sort of uh, see, narrative see the thing is i didn't think the lightning were coasting based on how they were playing i i saw i i rarely watch hockey on tv just because i don't have the time to do it but when i did watch i saw that they still seemed like a very engaged team they were that is true that that you make a good point about that they were make they were essentially they mastered the regular season Correct. They they were still engaged. It's nothing in the playoffs. Right, of course. But I'm, I'm just based on what I was seeing. Um, I was f- afraid of that, too. A, a team that had all but clin- that clinched the president's trophy uh, over a month ago, I think, uh, or significant amount of time, not just a playoff spot. They clinched the president's trophy uh several weeks ago i thought man they're just gonna you know coast now into the playoffs but they didn't do that they were still blocking shots they were still uh they were still being patient with plays it it didn't look like they had missed a step and they were still playing lightning hockey from the regular season and i thought wow this is I, going into the game one, I thought, "Wow, this is a great sign. That means that they're um, they're not giving up, and they're going to go into this thing, uh, and they're just going to blow past everybody." I and that was confirmed to me when I saw, and I was umpiring at the time, so I wasn't able to watch game one initially, but I checked my ESPN score updates, and they were up three to nothing in the first period. I thought. This is going to be lightning hockey throughout this playoffs. The lightning are a team that will go ahead and score three goals in a period. And then it slowly, slowly chipped away. And honestly, I think once that, I think it was the second goal that the lightning scored, or that the the Blue Jackets scored, where it was a bad outlet pass, or a bad chip out pass from the defensive zone into the neutral zone, which was picked up by a, def- by a blue jackets player. He did a nice little D came in and scored in hindsight. I think that was the end of the series. So BU's making these comments. You can have the better team, but if you're going up against a play style that goes counter to yours, then everything's moot from there. And most like, and they, I got to credit, uh, 
John Tortorella of all people. Um, Tortorella giveth and Tortorella give, yeah, uh, taketh oh, away. Yeah, exactly. For and anyone that doesn't know, John Tortorella was the Lightning's mm-hmm. head coach back in 2004 mm-hmm. when we won our mm-hmm. first and only Stanley Cup. So uh, the Jackets made the adjustments and they changed. I, I believe they 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 changed their play style. Bobrovsky has been brilliant and and they figured you guys out. Like this is like like Duke. Like where you guys were like Duke and like all of a sudden yeah. UCF figured you guys out. But unlike that, you guys are getting spanked by the Jackets ever since that first mm-hmm. period was over. Um, all right. So uh, we could I go th- on and on with the series, but yeah. the game is still going on. Uh, it's settled down <laughs> for now. You guys haven't given up another goal, but you still only have one shot on goal so far. We are 13-15 into the first period. Uh, so... Okay. Well, I guess we'll pick up on that later and give me a little more time. Oh, Eleven fifty-two, actually, but uh, give me a little more time to reload ammunition. Okay, so going back to the Frozen Four, uh, UMass uh, losing to Minnesota Duluth, but the 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 we're gonna segue this into the Colorado Avalanche series because the Avalanche are also up two to one on the Calgary Flames, who were the best team in the Western Conference. Uh, the Flames won their first game. Uh, against the Avalanche, but uh, the Avalanche, uh, with a with a stealing a game up in Calgary, and now they came back to the Pepsi Center out in Denver and and completely torched the. Wait, I don't Whoa. know how you could torch the Flames, but they torched apparently, them. Apparently, Tampa just scored. Yeah, they just scored right now. So wow. it's, you guys actually showing some freaking fight for once. Uh, all right, so two to one. We might. It might be that type of game too. You guys might have a good old fashioned shootout, mm-hmm. uh, which which is great. At least we're going can- down. At fighting. least there's a cannon inside that building. Um, all right. So other series. So we've got so there's a certain player on the Avalanche that is of a note and has something to do with the Frozen Four. Andrew, who is it? Okay, and BU can probably fill in the blanks, uh, fill in the gaps here, but. UMass had a defenseman named Kale McCarr, who played for them for two seasons. This past season was his sophomore season. He was drafted in 2017, I believe out of high school or whatever the equivalent is in Canada, uh, back in 2017. He was drafted fourth overall by the Colorado Avalanche. Canadians don't go to high school. They just come out of the ice. That is true. <laughs> they just emerge from the from the ice. Ice dripping in maple syrup and poutine. Exactly. And and with uh, all education needed. Um, but he decided to go to play a year. He was playing in a juniors league like Canadians do. Um, so he played one year at UMass. Um, and had the option to jump to the Colorado Avalanche after his freshman year, which was the which would have been 2018. Uh, but he decided to go back for a second year with UMass, which was this season. He led them to the national championship, where they ultimately lost to Minnesota Duluth. Uh, but he had a great year. He won the Hobie Baker Award, which is the top male ice hockey player in the NCAA. And right after the national championship, he signed a three-year deal with the Colorado Avalanche. His first game was yesterday. He scored a goal in his first game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That He's only the seventh player to do that. 
to be in make their NHL debut in the Stanley Cup playoffs and to score a goal in said game. He was the first since 2008, and he was the first defenseman to do it. So, so I have it here on screen right now, but yeah, keep going. That is history upon history upon history. Uh, and UMass fans were like, where was this on Saturday? <laughs> Uh, yeah, UMass lost. It was either two to nothing or three to nothing to UMD. Um, yeah, they definitely could have used that. He was saving it for exactly. the real playoffs here. Three to nothing. Yeah, I think it was, and I didn't catch much of the game, but I think it was two zero, and then an empty netter sealed it to make it three zero. Uh, but SBU said they definitely could have used that scoring production. Is that a tomato? What? Oh, I think he was trying to put like a like an emoji or something there on Twitch. I guess it didn't show up on on the screen here. But uh, it is a tomato. Okay, so the yeah, I guess it doesn't show up on on our on our restream uh, chat. But uh, yeah, the real playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> no, the real playoffs are the KHL playoffs. We yes. all know that. No question. Uh, and the Calder Cup playoffs are finally set. And uh, I think the Kelly Cup playoffs have already started. Uh, okay. Uh, so the Avalanche are, are up 2-1. The Vegas Golden Knights are having their way and already destroying my prediction that the Sharks will win the Western Conference. Um, <laughs> they are up 2-1 on the Sharks. And there was a funny bit during the, the Sharks, uh, the last game. There was a fight between Ryan Reeves and, and Evander Kane. And so uh, it, it's in Vegas. And so... After the fight, uh, Kane clearly lost the fight. But as and it was at the end of the game with uh, less than two minutes left in the game or something like that. And so whatever they fight, they both go to their locker rooms because the game's basically over at that point. However, uh, as Evander Kane is getting off of the ice, God bless the Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> and their and their their in game in arena entertainment. They start playing Baby Shark as he's going away. <laughs> You just you just start hearing baby shark do 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 baby shark and, and he, oh no oh boy uh, that's great thank you Vegas Golden Knights so they are up two one and it looks like they're they're gonna if they win game four they're gonna they're just gonna win the series um, all right then you have the what it's setting up to be a really great winter classic come next season between the shark between the freaking Dallas stars and the natural predators, not just the Dallas stars, the freaking Dallas stars. Yeah. So like every game has been close. Every big game has been a one goal game. It's, it was three to two with the stars winning in Nashville and the predators have won the next two games, two to one to three to two respectively. And, but it's an incredibly chippy game uh, between the two of them. They clearly don't like each other. And, and the NHL could not have scripted this matchup any any better. Like this, this is going to go seven games, and they're going to have at it once they they get to the Cotton Bowl. Like I, I really cannot wait for that Winter Classic. It's going to be really really fun, and both arenas are really fun when when both of the teams' fans are engaged. But the Dallas Stars fans are really good too. Um, Dallas and Nashville, very rowdy fans, and and it's probably the outside of Tampa and well, LA is also a good. A southern market probably the next best southern markets out there um so that's an interesting series 
uh, Winnipeg and St. Louis. It's the one game I think NBC refuses, one series NBC refuses to show. I guess because the Jets are in the, and I guess the Winnipeg Jets are boring to them for some reason. So I barely see much of their of, of the Blues matchups. Uh, but it's two to one Winnipeg. I think this is going to be a close series as well. Um, Winnipeg uh, won the last game in St. Louis, so both teams have not won on their home ice yet. Then you have the Hurricanes uh, getting to Carolina, and the, those bunch of jerks really handed the the Capitals uh, a spanking, five nothing. Although speaking of spanking, Alex Ovechkin lit. Okay, up. so we have to show this this fight here absolutely demolished this poor soul it it wasn't the worst alex kovechkin kovechkin yeah exactly Thanks, charles um I'm, I'm assuming he saw it. i mean it was just so bu says winnipeg st louis games have been relegated to odd channels since canadian viewers don't help the rating measurements exactly that so they've been on like usa or cnbc or mm-hmm. something like that um, and not to mention that St. Louis is, in the grand scheme of things, a minor market. So I'm sure. Correct. That should have been a game misconduct. So okay, so Andrei uh, Sveshnikov versus both Russian guys. Okay, versus so it was Russian on Russian crime. Uh, Alex Ovechkin. Like yeah, he just got absolutely knocked out. He was on concussion protocol. Apparently things are fine with him. Uh, according to uh, Rob uh, Brendamore, the, the the Canes head coach, but yeah, and so a lot of people were like, "Well, Ovechkin should have like held, let up as soon as he, you know." But you're in the heat of the moment; you're in a blind rage when you're fighting. And although you know, I'm not much of seeing fighting in hockey anymore, but when, there's a time and place for it still, and. The fact that Ovechkin, the Capitals superstar, dropped the gloves is significant to me. Uh, I, I I don't think Sidney Crosby would have done that. I don't think Connor McDavid would have done that. But, of course, Connor McDavid is pretty fragile um, at this point. Uh, he had a, it was a torn PCL, so he's going to be out. He'll be ready for next season at the very least. So it wasn't, it's not the most serious thing in the world. But, you know, the Edmonton Oilers are ruining him. <laughs> but that's another conversation. Uh, so is Crosby. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of Crosby, uh, no, we already talked about the Islanders up three zero on on the Penguins. Uh, oh no, we talked it briefly in the at the top, but uh, my brother in law was afraid of this matchup. He was afraid of the Islanders. The Islanders really have nothing to lose. Uh, they they don't really really have a home. They have two arenas. Uh, it's uh, but Barry Trotz has figured out the formula to the Penguins. He has figured out how to beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the he, he 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 cracked the code last season, finally with the Capitals and and he's he's replicating it out in Long Island. Uh, so it's been uh, Everly's been having a great uh, series so far for the Islanders, and yeah, gosh. And then finally, uh, I think the last series we haven't talked about is uh, Boston versus Toronto. The Leafs are up. This is just for the East, though, right? We have a couple of other. No, no, no. We already talked about the West matchups. And, yeah, this is the last of the series that we haven't talked about. So uh, Buffalo. uh, Gosh darn it. (laughs) Buffalo's not in the playoffs. (laughs) Boston versus Toronto. Things might actually be going lightning's way, according to BU. I'm not watching the game right now. 
Uh, so there was a goal scored, but the Lightning challenged it and won. So yeah, so the Jackets are still in a power play at this point. One thirty. Buffalo wishes they were in the playoffs. Yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, like I, like we said before, uh, the Frozen Four is the closest Buffalo has come to playoff hockey in a while. Um, but uh, I can't say much. I'm a Panthers fan. Although we still have Joe Quinville, so suck it, <laughs> Buffalo. Um, all right. I guess that's our playoff coverage for now. Yeah, uh, we covered the NBA, right? Uh, well, we haven't yet. talked about the NBA just yet. But uh, we've, I think we've covered the NHL. Charles, are, are you ready to talk wrestling? Has, has wrestling had a thing that we can talk about? Are you ready? Uh, I am always ready. Oh, hit my DX music. That. Dum, dum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Charles, uh, I haven't made the graphic for it yet. I was playing Metal Gear Solid. I, I, I intended to do it last night, but I beat Portable Ops Plus, and I'm on Portable Ops right now, and I'm going to get to Peace Walker. So I'm sorry. I haven't made the graphic yet, but I will one day. I don't know what to call it. I don't know if we could call it the cage or whatever. I don't know. But uh, what what's going on in the world of wrestling, good sir? All right. So today we're going to kind of diversify a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit WWE, but then we're going to talk about the competition that's out there um, as well, because this is post WrestleMania season, right? So this is when we're writing that euphoria. And what happens is what Vince McMahon likes to do. You have WrestleMania and the week after WrestleMania typically comes a superstar shakeup. What that means to everybody is that think about it this way. It's opening the trades of sending guys who perform on Monday Night Raw to Tuesday Night SmackDown and vice versa. It creates new storylines, for better or for worse. Ruins certain things, like what they did the other day on Monday Night Raw, because there's a third brand in WWE. So you have Monday Night Raw, you have SmackDown Live on Tuesdays, and you have like the developmental league called NXT, which is Triple H's baby. Yes, Mr. Triple H, Mr. Uh, the Game, the King of Kings, the man who will one day assume Vince McMahon's throne if Vince ever dies, but I'm almost certain that he's a vampire, so he never will, because God knows he's the meanest spirit. I mean, Lord Voldemort goes to Vince McMahon and asks him how he's been doing it so long. It's amazing. So what happens is people who are on the developmental league in NXT get called up too. And recently this weekend, now mind you, I can give you one. Oh, so the, the WWE has a better de- has a better de- developmental league than the NFL. Like it's way you, better than now, AF. <laughs> the the, devil, the developmental league, the NXT has better pay per views than you know the main roster. I'll say it. I mean, before WrestleMania, they had NXT take over New York, and like three of the matches there were just fantastic. I'll give the shoutouts now: War Raiders versus Alistair Black and Ricochet. I give that like a four two five on the Charles makes fun of Meltzer rating. Uh, you know, Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle. Oh, I give that like a four five on the Charles makes fun of Meltzer rating. One day I'll give you a backstory about Dave Meltzer. And of course, the main event, which was a two out of three falls for the vacant NXT Championship between Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, baby, was fantastic. And I would probably give that five stars too. Um, so in the world of wrestling, we're riding this high post WrestleMania. So there have been call ups. And one of the things that Vince does is he tries to create a television product, right? So things that are cool to us are not cool to him. And things that are cool to him are outdated to us. And I'm going to put a spotlight on this. There's two wrestlers that came from NXT who are the current NXT tag champions who had one of those 4-2-5 matches that I talked about. 
and uh, they're known as Raymond Rowe and Hanson, the War Raiders. Sounds awesome, right? They come out like Nordic Vikings. They do like the war symbol, whatever. It's really cool. Gotta love you know, it. Two big, beefy, athletic, fat guys who can beat people up. I love <laughs> it. They get called up to Raw. They're like the big reveal because right now Vince McMahon's kind of panicking a little bit. And because Vince is panicking, that means business goes south for us. So they come back, and you would think the War Raiders with a cool name of Hanson and Rowe. They get rebranded because television, PG era, they are now known as the Viking Experience with Eric and Ivar. I felt rage coursing through thy body, that which if I was an 18th century dandy, I would have seen Vince McMahon taking off the glove that's on my hand <laughs> oh my and slapped him across the face. <laughs> in a row, perfectly fine. You don't need to do anything with it, but no, no, no. The Viking Experience. Ivar and Eric. And listen, I kind of understand changing for War Raiders because you don't want to put this propaganda, especially since you were kind of taking some blood money when you went to go do the Saudi Arabia pay-per-views. I get it. I get it. But the Viking experience? What is this, VR? You're going to teach me how to be a six-foot-five big man who just hacks people? Uh, am I playing God of War live action? No. You, you, <laughs> we had something cool, and you ruined it. You ruined it. It's like that sibling that you had that always want to be involved with something with your friends, and then they end up getting to it, and you're like, no, it's not awesome. I hate it so much. So we're looking at the top ten. You know, This is just basically the reintroduction of guys who are on one brand, another brand, the women. What you see is Andrade and Finn Balor, big Andrade. Um, he's the Spanish guy with the white ties who just did this random DT that now people have to take as being affirmation of his second coming. I'm still, I'm still a little PO'd about it. So part of the problem is when you're calling up people from the developmental brand, and mind you, for those who don't know, wrestling's fake. It's a soap opera with men in tights and women in tights. There are so is the NBA, lines. so whatever. <laughs> exactly. There's only so many stories that you can tell, and there's certain people who are veterans that are getting um, – you know, brought into light or new people are being brought into light and then the vets are being pushed onto the shelves a bit. So there's been kind of a new wave of requests to be released from the wrestlers saying, hey, Vince, release us from our contracts because we're not doing anything for our brand to be to be there. So we would like you to let us out. Vince usually will grant you your request. The problem is there's some competition going around. First off, there's all elite wrestling. I mean, I've heard uh, that they're like from a... I guess from a, a a worker standpoint, like the WWE doesn't treat their wrestlers well. The, I think they have to pay for the their own Oliver travel segment, and things right? like that. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I meant. The John Oliver segment. Um, so, uh, Mister Mr. Can be you, Mister Canna. You're absolutely correct. Um, with some just put a little soap opera drama in there, and we got it. Uh, saying that wrestling is a live action movie where the actors are doing their own stunts, and every scene is action scene. Yeah, that's and, why they uh, go. They go. They go on tour across these arenas. It's basically like uh, I don't know, like any other thing that goes around Cirque du Soleil, all that type, of, all that type of stuff. Exactly. Um, to bring up the John Oliver com uh, comment, you know, you never know unless you perform, right? And the people who are employed by their company are obviously going to defend it. The people who are really bringing out the outcry, like CM Punk, who is really Phil Brook, who took a couple of chances at the MMA and got his head handed to him. Um, and a couple of other old vets that no longer have a legends contract with the WWE, they're ones really making the gripe. And, you know, here's the thing. You can get insurance uh, for more sports, right? But since wrestling is not classified as a sports-based sports -based liability, um, there's certain places that won't ensure you do anything. So you're really taking out there, doing risk, and say what you want. You know, even though it's rehearsed, even though it's fake, there's so many severe injuries that occur to you as a performer in wrestling 
where you know there, there's people have died obviously not to bring in the Owen yeah. Hart situation yeah. there's a lot of neck injuries Stone Cold Steve Austin I mean look edge. at what they're doing with their bodies I mean even if this is all this is all choreographed it's still okay you got to hit the ground you got to hit this you got to jump that I mean it's still where it's just like punishment it really is well and not to segue or not not to bring a line but we talked about it earlier about the different brands there's also different kinds of you know, wrestling ideas and concepts, one of them being uh, death matches. And David Arquette, yeah, that David Arquette who played Dewey, I, yeah. I think that was his name, in the <laughs> screen, he went back to become a professional wrestler and he nearly died because his whole path. All right, so backstory, David Arquette you know, had a promotion with, with WCW for a movie called uh, Ready to Rumble with him and Scott Cann. And this was like in circa 2000. So it was a cross brand thing. He would show up on WCW. The wrestlers from WCW would be in this movie. Wrestling being fake, you know, you can create whatever you want. But then it led to like a very bad decision where David Arquette is a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Pay per view match, it was terrible. Uh, I don't, it hurts the soul sometimes to think about it. Um, but so he wanted to get back into it 15 years later, 20 years later, because he always had a passion for it. He was a fan of it. And he ended up getting his his neck slashed, and he starts freaking out. And then the guy, I, I don't have his name right now with me because I'm thinking on the fly, that was overseeing it, you know, kept him calm to get the three pin count out. But, uh, you know, he goes to show that you have these situations which can be very severe. If it doesn't cripple you, you know, it can lead you to death, or you can just uh, – get concussions there's some brain uh brain trauma that comes in there's rumors of cte later in life but you don't know until they die a lot of wrestlers they they die younger you know because either they're dealing with depression because they're dealing with uh, pain addictions or other things that happen to them of course we remember the chris benoit situation so oliver has some good points to make out and i found it interesting that of course the people who are you know, chiming against John Oliver saying he doesn't understand the business. And look, I don't work in the business, but they do. So are you going to bite the hand that feeds? There might be some coercion or undue pressure out there, right? Because Lord knows in Vince McMahon's world, you do Vince wrong. Vince will humiliate mm-hmm. you to that degree. I know he's done better. He's created the wellness program. He's trying to help his people with addiction. He's still helping out some legends like when Scott Hall and Jake Roberts um, they have multiple issues. He still kind of took them on. But I think also, in all honesty, sometimes it's a pick and choose because you're not going to help everybody, right? You can't. Um, but, yeah, it's not surprising where you would have wrestlers paying for their own tax fare and cab fare. They would uh, – there's stories about them, like, all joining up together as driving buddies and hotel buddies. And also, to be fair, though, once you hit the WWE, there's a certain kind of income that you're making that's different than working in the bingo halls. You know, it's not like – Ring of Honor, PGW, CZW, where you know your your selection of people is extremely limited. When you're signed on to the WWE, you know there's some of them who are making at least you know two million dollars a year. Granted, what really hurts them, why they always get injured, I feel, is their uh, touring schedule. They're on the road for 300 days out of the year, guys. Barely getting vacations. When you get a vacation, you don't get time to heal. Your real time to heal is actually hurt your body. And uh, it depends. So now you have these new promotions that are coming out. You know, All Elite Wrestling, headed by uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rose's son, Cody Rhodes, uh, the American Nightmare, as he calls himself, along with the Young Bucks, also being financed by the Cons, who own Jacksonville. They're going to talk. They're going to try to woo some people and say, "Hey, um, you know, join us. We'll give you less time on the road, more money, better health insurance." 
you have Ring of Honor who is trying to like keep it saying, hey, well, we can't pay you as much, but you don't have to work as much for the house shows. So it's creating something there. But now, right now, for the WWE world, it's a uh, reshuffling of rosters, right? Imagine, think of it this way, is that it's the trade deadlines right now. you got to make a last-minute thing to put guys on Tuesday that were on a Monday and vice versa. And by doing this, it allows you to get some new storylines, new competition, and also like give pe- pushes to guys who've been out for a while and let them have their moment to shine in TV mm-hmm. world. Okay. I mean, it was just kind of an eye-opening type of thing. Like, uh, cause, I mean, people don't really think about that type of stuff. So it was, I mean, do you think... Do you think it helped wrestling that that segment? No, because at the end of the day, what's the collateral effect to it? You know, we're viewers. We're not human rights activists in that sense. Um, and truthfully, it comes down to this, is that for those who do work in the business, if they don't like it, the answer is simple. You leave. It's easier said than done when you have a near monopoly with Vince McMahon controlling the field, but hopefully the idea is that when more competition sprouts out, when All Elite Wrestling comes out and Ring of Honor keeps doing joint shows of New Japan Pro Wrestling, the idea is more diversity in the product and in the brand will cause certain kinds of reformations to be made within the industry, including the WWE, even though it's from the top. I actually, if I can chime in here for a second. Sure. um, And I did see that segment as well, and I thought it was great. And I thought it was also funny that the problem that the most people had with it was the the pedophile joke that they made about Roman Reigns. That oh, was God. the one thing that they had a problem with over that whole 20-ish minute segment. But I digress. Um, but anyway, I, I do, I agree with your point. And uh, kind of case in point is our dearly departed Alliance of American Football. Because in the two months that it existed some of the changes that the NFL made which they had been hesitant if not reluctant to do for all these past years one thing was adding the sky judge quote unquote adding that kind of neutral entity to overturn any calls that were considered egregious Uh, the NFL you have to know that the NFL saw that and felt pressure crap someone's doing that and we're not we have to do it to stay in contention otherwise they're going to take away a huge market share so they went ahead and added it um sure people say that the the ram saints game had an effect on that which it totally did that's what it brought to the table in the first place but i don't think that if the aaf had implemented that that it would it would still just be on the table and not something being implemented so you're absolutely right i think that stuff like these new leagues uh new wrestling what, leagues promotions is that what's called promotions promotions. Yeah, promotions yay i know a thing <laughs> um i do think you're right that these new promotions could start to change the wwe if anything just to make sure that they can still maintain the major market share and not have other promotions chip away at them so yeah it's a good call all right so i guess that's our wrestling talk for today boys thank you charles for another riveting segment i love your your quips and your puns and your use of metaphors and all types of stuff and historical 
that Vince McMahon is a eight nineteenth century dandy with a glove. That's great. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So uh, I guess we have a little bit of downtime before the halfway point of our show. Uh, I do want. It's just kind of a throwaway topic that I wanted to throw out there for you guys as far as. Uh, so um, our our dear leader. Our glorious leader um, in the White House. I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, <laughs> anyways, he decided after Tiger Woods' historic victory uh, to award him the Presidential Medal of Freedom, of which he has awarded to Babe Ruth and Elvis posthumously and some other people that he just enjoys. He's just giving it to whoever and whatever he likes. So my question that I pose to you guys is, if you had that power, who would you, who would be the, the, the top four people or things or fictional characters you would give the Presidential Medal of Freedom to? And Charles, you can go first. Top of uh, your head. Do you think he would order Chinese food or soul food? <laughs> <laughs> I just got a text from the FBI. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we got canceled. I love how it's on screen for all posterity. Uh, Hey, hey. Freedom of speech, baby. Um, All right. Well, the first person that came to mind, and this is going to kind of bother Francisco a little bit, but it would be Derek Jeter. Um, no, I, no, I like Derek Jeter. I'm all on board with the with the whole rebuild. Uh, don't worry, I like him. I'm not an ignorant Marlins or not even an ignorant Miami casual sports fan. All right, but Jeter definitely, and I'm gonna try to keep it to the teams like not just my teams, but guys I've admired. It doesn't have to be just sports either. It can be anything, oh. anything. Oh, that, that's. My God, I don't want to say ring check onto it, but I'm just going to go on the names that run my head because we're sports-centric, our uh, sports center. So Jeter, Peyton Manning, uh, John Cena, because he's always there, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Go a little well, how would you be able to him. give it to him if you can't see him? Basically, you tell him it's a title. It comes out of nowhere, and he'll, he'll, he'll <laughs> like, hit it and throw on me. All of a sudden, like, he'll just burst out through the door like like freaking Kool-Aid man, and you'll just hear the sound. Exactly, exactly. That's what will happen. Um, and then sports entertainment or sports industry. There's got to be one more I can think of off the cuff of my head. Kofi Kingston. Mariano Rivera. There you go. Oh, Kofi wow. Kingston will be on. Okay. All right. Mariano Rivera. Uh, How about you, Andrew? I had an extensive list, but. You go first because. You okay. Can... I mean, one to Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. The CGI one? Uh, 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 he might lose it because of that but uh, one to Sonic the Hedgehog he is the reason that I love video games and my favorite video game of all time is Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles the pinnacle of the series uh, which is pretty Mm -hmm. sad because that was back in 1994 only three years after Sonic the Hedgehog is the Florida Panthers of video games or the Florida Panthers are the are the Sonic the Hedgehog of hockey one or the other because they were awesome in the 90s and then things kind of went to crap after after 2000 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with little bursts of of excitement here and there uh so yeah sonic the hedgehog uh my, my late dog caesar he would get one he would get the presidential medal of freedom for me um whoever um uh, i guess whoever invented the arepa 
Or no, no, not yeah. not whoever invented it, just arepas in general. Like, I'll just give it to arepas as a food. So there will just be a like a, a bowl of arepas, and I'll just hand it to that bowl. <laughs> that would be number three. And number four, um, I have to give it... Oh, yeah, the 2003 uh, my, uh, Florida Marlins a World <laughs> Series team. Every single one of those guys would get a medal. Th- those would be that would be, it, that's more than four, but I'll just have the team as four in, concepts. Four con- exactly. So each one of those guys, including Jack McKeon and not Jeffrey Loria uh, and David do, Samson. Do you give Do you give one specifically to Jack McKeon's cigar? Maybe, actually, yes, yes. We'll we'll give it to. I think the secondhand smoke actually helped us in that series. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, yeah. That those are those will be my four. I mean, I think definitely the O3, I, I, I have to say the O, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to stick to sports um, and really just go by what are the most iconic sports moments that I've experienced. Oh, a certain UCF football team that would get it. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I would give half to the 20, uh, just kind of <laughs> UCF football in general, because or just UCF in general, really. I'm just, you know, screw the sports thing. UCF in general, because UCF is awesome, and they have really positively impacted my life in many ways. Or just, you know what, going even further than that, all of the higher educational facilities, uh, institutions of higher learning that I've been to, so UCF and FIU, uh, they deserve a gigantic, several-acre large... We'll just have one large medal of freedom that will plaster onto the wall <laughs> of, 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 of the most significant buildings of, of, of each of them, or the, the highest building in each of them, so exactly. people can see it for miles. <laughs> um, that would actually be the, the water tower at UCF. It's located up on a hill, basically, so you can see it for several miles out in every direction. Um, I don't know where you would do that at FIU. FIU is kind of flat. The library, and the library is kind of the the highest point of, yeah, the, of, the, of the campus. Uh, I think the O3 Marlins, I, I have to join with you on that one. The reason why is that was really kind of the first time that I had really been fully invested into a playoff series of any sport. Um, yeah, I remember back when this happened. So 2003, I was, was 11 years old um back when that happened i remembered uh we had to i was uh my mom and i had to drive and pick up my sister from work and i kept telling her just a few more minutes just a few more minutes i want to see the end of the game just give me a few minutes and i was luckily able to see the final out and i kicked myself to this day that I felt I kept telling myself I'm going to watch the end of game four, the one that went into extras that Alex Gonzalez won. And I just good I times couldn't help myself. And I just without knowing fell asleep and I wake up the next morning and my mom says, you missed it. There was a walk off home run. No, I was so angry. And I remember where I was when that happened. To this day, I am still angry at my my little eleven year old self for not being able to stay awake a little bit longer to see that live. Uh, so the Marlins, the 
institutions of higher learning. Uh, man, I don't know. Well, if you can think of the next two over the course of the rest of it, we could <laughs> we could do that. It's that's tough though. Oh, so, hey, strawberry, welcome. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, good one. Good old Hamilton, baby. And Wuthering Heights, many other things. Moana. Uh, he was in Mary Poppins Returns. That is true. Before Mary Poppins uh, Forever and Mary Poppins and, and Robin. I will say this. I'm putting this on the record for all posterity. Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be the next, not just EGOT winner, the PGOT winner. P, uh, PGOT, for anyone that doesn't know, Pulitzer. is Pulitzer, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Only I think three or four people have done that in in non-competitive categories or in competitive categories. Can't be honorary awards. Um, I think he's got three of the five right now, at least two of the five. Uh, so I think he's going to be next to get it. Um, I don't know. I guess my mom for having me and being just generally awesome. Okay. All right. Um, that's that's kind of a, a cheap, you know. Everyone would probably give the the medal of medal of freedom to their parents. I gave one to my dog, but yeah. 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 And I, I I took out my dad for the 2003 Marlins, but don't worry, I'll give. <laughs> uh, what what other what other medals are there in the? <laughs> I'll give him the Medal of Honor, even though he didn't serve in the U.S. military. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> I'm pretty darn sure there's no uh, standards anymore. Uh, so I'll give him a copy of Medal of Honor. Okay. That'll, that'll work. <laughs> I'll give him a copy of Medal of Honor, a dead series from EA. <laughs> that, that was Call of Duty before Call of Duty. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Medal of Honor. Uh, EA would have, EA screwed it up anyway. So yeah. regardless. Um, I don't know. That's that's a really tough question. That's even tougher than me having to figure out what my non-sponsor of the week is. Which uh, we are at the halfway mark already. So I did that intentionally. Okay, so <laughs> we are. Whoa, hey, there's some wrestling going on on the screen. Uh, <laughs> but we are here at a word from our non-sponsors, and halfway through, we like certain goods and people and services and concepts and and guys. Uh, I, I shall go first, actually. Um, my non-sponsor is a certain Andrew Sagona for uh, helping me out uh, with regards to a case that I had that I hadn't touched and hadn't gone through in a while and uh, actually helped me significantly in that endeavor. And it's uh, the, the, the brunt work, the brunt of the, of the, the hard thinking work is over for that and now it's just a matter of the tediousness uh but i can get through that so i want to thank him for for that uh uh what what's what, what can i use as a promo code if i if you use this promo code andrew will show up at your place and do whatever the heck you want <laughs> and the thing is no, no questions asked <laughs> i i honestly would do that believe it or not <laughs> okay um Gosh, what's a good promo code for you, dude? Uh, I can't think of one. Gosh. Really? Yeah, I can't think of one. Um, 
I showed you I showed you a perfect one the other day. I showed you an absolutely perfect one the other day, and you're somehow forgetting. It. Okay, then p- put your own promo code then. <laughs> My license plate. Oh, UCFIU. Ah, uh, see, uh-huh. right. it's very clever. There, UCFIU, Andrew will, will show up at your door and just do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> you want him to clean your house? You want him to to do your taxes? Uh, it was actually tax day uh, yesterday, so it's too late for that. But you know, <laughs> that's uh, it. That's mine. Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. honored. Yes. <laughs> wow, I was, I was honestly not. You, you are up there along with Chris Davis and Tres Leches. <laughs> And, uh, and 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 various restaurants that we've promoted. <laughs> exactly. Wow, I'm 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 honored, man. Uh, I'm still keeping the check though. <laughs> I did pay him for the service, so yes. Go ahead. But but in in honesty though, I'm 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 happy that I was able to help out. I've said that a lot, but I truly mean it, and I appreciate you saying that. Um, I guess I'm on the spot now. Uh, my non-sponsor would have to be. New, have we done New Era? Yes, we have done New Era. Crap. Yes, we have. <laughs> um, uh, the, we have done New Era. <laughs> he's, okay. looking, he's looking around in the room right now, trying to figure, no, I, I figure. Uh, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical <laughs> University. I've never been there. <laughs> it's in Melbourne, I think. <laughs> um, I have a hockey team. <laughs> my non-sponsor of the week is Canadians. Canadians, okay, not the country, or just the country, of Canada, or just Canadians, just the 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 people, okay. the people for giving us hockey. Exactly, that's that's exactly why um, Canadians. Uh, although a lot more, I mean, I haven't been to Canada itself, but I have been to the Epcot Pavilion. Um, they have a very good 360 Circle Vision show. Uh, recently renovated to have Martin Short in it. Um, I like the old version better though. The song is very pretty. Um, I haven't been to their steakhouse, uh, steakhouse there either, but there's a lot of fun stuff going on. They actually sell hockey jerseys. Nice. Uh, I've been, I've only been to Canada once. Uh, very. You saw the Olympic Stadium. I saw the Montreal Olympic Stadium. It was as dilapidated as as they had said it was uh, and depressing. Uh, but Toronto is a really nice city. I very much enjoyed Toronto as well as Ottawa. And there was a nice uh, small Canadian town I passed through. It was basically like a movie. You know, <laughs> the small town, everybody, all the kids in the park. It was during the summer when all Canadians come out out of their out of their huts, igloos, and, 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 and join us in warm weather. Um, uh, the one thing I, I do have to fault Canada for is the, the Wii Mini. That, that was a war crime. Um, so that is the one thing. The, the release of the Wii Mini is Canada's fault, and, and it is a war crime. And it's one thing that uh, I think the Geneva Convention is actually one of the rules against it. You know? <laughs> what article of the Geneva Conventions is that? I don't know. You just can't make the Wii Mini. You just can't make a useless version of a popular gaming console. All right, I'll allow it. Um, but yeah, Canadians, I mean, definitely you invented hockey, which is one of my favorite sports. Um, one that my favorite team is currently not doing well at, but you still invented the sport. Uh, You guys settled down. I think the shots on goal started to even out, uh, after the first. So it's settled for now. We'll see. Um, uh, by the by, uh, as far as an update, um, the Pens and Islanders are 1-1 right now in game four. 
Honestly, BU, that is a good question because I don't even know what it is. All right, so the Wii Mini. Let's put it up on screen for all of us to um, suffer through. <laughs> um, luckily, I never bought one. I had the I bought the Wii on day one, but the Wii Mini is essentially garbage um, that Nintendo uh, first tested out in Canada. So it was released in Canada. So it was Nintendo of Canada. I thought, you know what the world could use? A Nintendo Wii that doesn't have any component cables, online functionality, or any sort of other features. Uh, no GameCube support. Uh, and, yeah, it, uh, it only uses composite cables for people only had who didn't buy a TV after the year 2000. So <laughs> uh, that was the Wii Mini. The Wii Mini is just a f- red and black piece of crap. Uh, basically, the Canadian... It, 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 you can tell it was made in Canada. Red and black, which are the colors of the Canadian uh, national teams. Um, if, if, they had pl- if they had worn these during the 2010 Olympic final, they would have lost. <laughs> if there was a Wii Mini inside of that building in Vancouver, Sidney Crosby would not have scored that golden goal. That's I'm so, telling you. That moment still hurts, man. <laughs> I, I was crushed when that happened. I honestly, that that Olympic final got me into hockey. Like, really? that was the moment where I was like, I need to watch this. <laughs> nah, for me, I, I've been into hockey since probably the... Like, mid- I had, you know, casually followed hockey, but that was the moment where I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, okay, so hey, Francisco. We, we've kept Charles waiting. I don't, wanna, I don't, I don't want to... Oh, wait, we- I need to say my promo code. Okay, that's right. Okay, uh, for so- Canada. Uh, how do you say ca- Canadian or Canada in French? I guess Canada. Habs. <laughs> uh, so let's do um, let's do promo code. Um, Daryl Settler rookie card. I aren't don't they know. called the Great White North? Yeah. So yeah. promo code Great White North. All right. So, um, all right, Charles. Sorry we kept you waiting with. Uh, the Wii Mini uh, kept you waiting. Um, once again, a war crime. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, go ahead, Charles. What's, what do you got? Well, you know, ironically, one of us is endorsing Andrew. The other one's endorsing a nation. Um, I'm going to kind of endorse something made from a different country of people. We'll go from there. Over the weekend, I saw a little movie called What We Do in the Shadows, starring Taika Waititi and uh, Jermaine Clement. Taika is famous for directing Thor Ragnarok, and Jermaine Clement is famous for uh, Fly of the Concords. That was a show on HBO. So that one kind of it caught my eye because every now and then I like to find obscure comedy. I don't know how you like your comedy. I like something that's just kind of out there, missed to its premise. So the basis of it is like a mockumentary. So think of The Office, but they're following vampires, and I was howling with laughter. The I know this movie. I know this yeah. movie. I love it. I, ironic, yeah, ironically, they made it into a TV show on FX. I haven't watched the FX, sh- uh, the FX show yet because I'm waiting for I have a trailer for the, for the show right now. but There you go. But the movie itself is just, you know, size-splitting hilarious. There's certain scenes. And, you know, it has it's a little bit of a horror gore that comes up. Uh, but each person has a different kind of character. And my favorite character was Vladislav the Volker, played by Jermaine Clement, who just basically plays a uh, – I guess based off of what Vladimir uh, the Impaler would be, but maybe it's, maybe it's not, but it's just hysterical. And part of it is they initiate a new vampire comes in. You just get a range of personalities. It's very out there, the humor, but it also has some genuine heart. 
Um, there's a very funny scene about what happens when you get turned into a vampire and you can't eat certain food anymore that you like. But uh, it, it definitely is something. I picked it up on Amazon and rented it for like three bucks. It, it definitely made me laugh. It's where the dandy joke kind of came in against Vince McMahon because one of the characters is referred to as being an 18th century dandy. So I just kind of jumped on it because I have no original ideas. But um, it, it is definitely something that – and it's not that long of a movie, about 85 minutes. Uh, it took like a million dollars to produce and it made about six million in the box office – um, right now, it, it's just one of those things where if you want a quick, different laugh, if you like The Office, if you like spooky, supernatural stuff, if you just want to crack up, go see this movie, go watch it. Uh, what we do in the shadows, promo code Dandy, as Francisco has in the background, the stuff that they have in there, that's the movie. Look at Jermaine Clement, he's a sex symbol now. Um, gotta have it, man. Gotta have it. Okay, hold on, let me, uh, let me unmute this. But I don't. The trouble with being a vampire is you have to be invited in. Come into the bar, please. Will you invite us in? We need some <laughs> fresh blood. Hi, my name is Nick. I've been a vampire for two months. <laughs> my friend Richie's a bouncer. He'll invite us in. Gentlemen, you're most welcome. <laughs> Nick is so much fun. I'm a vampire. Vampire! Such a dick. <laughs> Nick, why don't you use the front door? You want to draw attention to this house, hmm? You've got a whole documentary crew following you around. You let a vampire hunt into our house? Wait a minute, I just got my email. He doesn't... Kill you! I'm already dead! Maybe not the camera guy. Maybe one camera guy. When you're a vampire, you become very sexy. <laughs> uh, okay. I gotta look for that then. Looks you like know, looks like, like my type of comedy. It, it, it like I said, you know mockumentary think office with new zealand humor with vampires um you know when the show comes out on hulu i'll, I'll binge watch it to see if there's any good comparison but it's definitely those nice little finds that you that you find basically when you're searching through the depths of youtube for something original all right boys uh andrew is there a former cup update yes there is since we're already done with a word from our non-sponsors, and uh, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I guess I'll give the the um, disclaimer. We are not the official podcast of the Fulmer Cup. We just give updates on it. Uh, the Fulmer Cup is a creation of the Reddit sub, uh, the Reddit board subreddit. Uh, RCFB college football and it is a I guess a competition or a tournament uh, uh, <laughs> that all of these college football programs are unwillingly in uh, they, they probably don't know it but there will be an offseason champion by the end of it by the time we get to August uh, where we look at the the arrests uh, our, our glorious college football personnel 
get into over the offseason. And they assign points to it, and we'll see what happens at the end. Who will be the champion at this point? Who is the leader, Andrew? The leader. I believe uh, there was some significant headway in the SEC. Yes, the current leader uh, of the 2019 Fulmer Cup so far. Uh, and this will be posted to the Fulmer Cup website in due time. The current leader is still the University of New Hampshire. They had a very hot start to the season. Um, and they currently are in the lead with 20 points. Behind them are tied Georgia and Nebraska, each with 12 points. And then following them are Mississippi State with 7, University of Louisiana Monroe at 7 as well, and then Georgia Southern at 6 points. Those are the only eligible teams so far because those are the only ones that have two or more athletes who committed crimes. That's one of the one of the, I guess, bylaws, if you will, is that a team has to have a minimum of two players who committed crimes in order for the team to count. So, oh. mm-hmm. so we had a few, uh, few uh, crimes committed recently. The most recent was on April 7th. It was actually four players, all from Bryant University, who all committed breaking and entering, all committed disorderly conduct, and then three of the four also committed simple assault and conspiracy. So altogether, those Bryant, kind of like Chris Bryant. So a Division Three, Division One. All it? these schools are Division One. Oh, okay. Or um, uh, gosh, sorry. Um, okay, so it's a, it's a Division One school. Okay. Uh, Brian or Bryant? Bryant. Okay. The Bryant Bulldogs. Uh, so far, no points have been officially awarded, uh, but eventually there will be points awarded, and we'll see where they fit in the the rankings when that does occur. Alrighty. So we're we're getting into the the heat of things, if you will. It was a very slow start to the season, but things really picked up in uh, in March, and they're just continuing into April. Uh, so by next week, I think we'll have a better idea of who is doing what. Uh, but the SEC is definitely, they definitely have tried to get into the lead in the past couple of weeks. A lot of their teams have been doing nefarious little things here and there. Sweeping it under the rug. It is now three, no, three to one jackets. Uh... <laughs> As Andrew completely, uh, after being kind of uplifted by the arrest, uh, has been brought down back to earth after me uh, revealing that Seth Jones with a slap shot, making it three to one at the 628 mark in the second period. Okay, we're definitely getting canceled. Thanks a lot, Charles. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, sorry about that, Andrew. That's all right. All right. So, but that's that's as far as our updates for the Fulmer Cup. Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's okay. pretty much it. All right, cool. All righty. So let's get back to the to the main thing. Uh, so, 
let's go to baseball here. Uh, right now, uh, Charles must be really happy because the Yankees are up 4 nothing on the Boston Red Sox and have a runner on second and third at the bottom of the sixth inning with one out. The battle of crap resumes. Uh-huh. The Pirates are up 3-2 to two against the Tigers. I'm sure that's a World Series rematch of some sort from the early 20th century. Nationals are up one nothing on the Giants up in D.C. Phillies are absolutely demolishing the freaking uh, the New York Mets 10-2 right now in the third inning. Then we've got uh, let's see, we've got the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, it's two to three right now. The the Rays are win- are winning against the Orioles in the bottom of fourth. So at least Tampa's winning in something. Uh, and the Rays are doing really well this season. Hopefully they'll look at the Lightning if they make the playoffs and not make the same mistake. Uh, the Marlins are down two nothing, uh, as to be expected against the Cubs in the fourth inning. Still plenty of game left. And then Braves are nothing nothing against the Diamondbacks, nothing nothing in St. Louis between the the Brewers and well not not even the Brewers, I just call them the Yelichs. Uh, and the <laughs> Cardinals, uh, we definitely are losing that trade. And uh, uh, from here on the screen that I can see here 0-0 between the Jays and the Twins out in Minnesota. All right. So so baseball news. Uh Andrew we were um, we were very much following the saga of I don't know we can call can we call him good Chris Davis now or just call him let's, Chris Davis with just, a C let's just call him Chris Davis with a C for all right now. for those of you who do not know on um, during our playoff hockey extravaganza we did have a word from our non-sponsors and mine was uh, Chris Davis with a C uh, because at that point he was at an O for fifty uh, spell for his last 50 at bats and it finally ended over the weekend uh what did it end up as it was 54 right i think it was at 0 for 54 0 for 54 so that was since september 14th chris davis had not gotten a hit Uh, not that he hadn't reached base he had walked and stuff like that but he had not registered a hit for 54 straight at bats which I guess in baseball, with that many chances, it's pretty hard to do uh, for for a lot of players, even pitchers. In that times, that in that amount of chances, get something. It kind of reminds me of this quote from a well. It wasn't urinating tree, but he he took it from somewhere. It was his dissection of the 2017 Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing since I don't remember the exact quote, but it's. It's statistically harder to be as bad as you are than it is to be occasionally be good. Um, what Chris Davis underwent since September. Of oh, last... seven nothing now for the Yanks. Charles is Woo-hoo. really really happy rubbing those nips. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I got a little kinky there. Um. Yeah. So it was. It's. I, I can't remember the number, but the statistical probability of someone with his with Chris Davis's career batting average to go on a streak that long was like infinitesimal. I remember when he got the hit, his batting average raised to 29 
like zero to nine was his batting average at that point. But afterwards, he got a bit of a a bit of a tear. And the funny thing is, Francisco and I were chatting and just kind of discussing. We said to each other, you know, watch, he gets a hit, he gets his hit, then he's going to go on a tear. And sure enough, he did just that. Admittedly, it's only been four games. Um, he's getting $17 million for one hit on the season. Um, I forget what what his what they call it the slash we were uh, yeah yeah uh which is and no i'm not talking about you the user slash i'm talking about a baseball player's slash numbers which is you know average on base percentage yada 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 um i had his slash numbers here somewhere uh the the islanders are up two to one on the penguins after the first and uh freaking jordan everly already scored another goal he's got four in four games dang that's sick. He's he's already a a, a con Smythe uh, uh, candidate at this point. Okay, so uh, so I have his slash numbers here. Okay, so I didn't include Tuesdays because well, it's Tuesday. The game is still going on, um, but over the last three games, which was the day that he got his hit, so Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. He went four for 12, so a 333 batting average with two doubles, a home run, six RBIs, and a, seven, a 750 slugging average. That is, again, extremely small sample size, but that kind of thing is going to get you on a hot streak. And we'll see how this plays out from here. On screen right now, we've got his war... Wins above replacement is a negative point six at this point. Mm. <laughs> so, in basically, what that means is that the average player would do point six wins better than Chris Davis. Right. Any any other human being, if you replace him with Chris, if you replace Chris Davis with any other human being right now, they would be better than him. Uh, the, the Orioles have a better chance of winning with with that person. He's had right. 45 at bats. He's got four hits, one home run, a batting average of 0.89, scored two runs, has eight RBIs now. So, uh, eight RBIs since that hit. That's that's okay. Comeback. That's... He's 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 on his way to that comeback player of the year. And actually, I'm gonna check what's going on right now in the game. See what. He's done he's against done. the Rays. Um, so, all right. So uh, the other, so that was that is one terrible contract. The other one, and I had a bit of a rant on Twitter about this, uh, is Wei Yin Chen, who honestly, uh, there should be a restraining order for him for every single baseball field in the world. Like he is not to be allowed anywhere within a five hundred feet of a baseball field. It doesn't matter little league. Uh, it's, we'll, we'll include softball fields, um, uh, Major League Baseball, the minor leagues, uh, in Taiwan where he's from. Just no, he cannot be anywhere near baseball, okay? He cannot hold a baseball. He can't even look at a baseball because if he looks at a baseball, he's instantly going to give up four runs. <laughs> this man is awful, absolutely awful. And guess what the Marlins are paying 
this man this year for that awfulness. Twenty million dollars. He signed a five was it a five year? Uh, it was a five year like hundred million dollars or or no or four. It was like an eighty million. He's he's, he's getting paid close to twenty million dollars at this point. Um, just one of the worst contracts in baseball. He has no value to anybody. He's thirty three years old now, so nobody's gonna trade for him. Uh, the Marlins, Mike Mike Hill, the president of baseball operations for the Marlins, actually said, I think he'll bounce back. I mean, you would think there's nowhere to go but up, but Wei and Chen has shown me that there very much is a deeper hole you can go down, okay? If Chris Davis can attest to that, okay? I'm sure after like 0 for 25, he was like, you know, I got to I gotta get hit at some point, at some point right? Uh, so Wei and Chen, uh, you are my non- anti-non-sponsor. Um, you should just quit baseball and save everyone the trouble. Uh, the Marlins, they don't want to designate him for assignment, release him or whatever, uh, because they're going to have to bite the bullet and pay him. But honestly, he's doing, I mean, you're going to pay him anyways. Might as well just get rid of him and, and use the roster spot for developing a player or something like that, or, or pick somebody off the scrap heap of the free agent market. Hey, is Dallas Keuchel still out there? I yep. think he is. Why not pick him up? Why not at this point? Just throw some money at him. I don't know, but gosh. All right. Um, any other baseball news, guys? Anything else that jumps out to you in good old major leagues? How come Dallas Keuchel has not been signed since we're talking about Ooh, it? Oh, that is. I mean, I talk about from my point of view is that we as the Yankee establishment are just injured to hell and back to the point where now we're thinking about cloning players, uh, doing anything we can. Blazing Fonterive. Yeah, I mean, we just got CC back, but then we put Luke Voigt on injured list, so it's coming between. I always wanted to Keiko. You guys know I was kind of vouching for him throughout the free agency, and, you know, I. I don't know how a guy who has like one subpar year, it has no job, but your love affair with uh, the other MC or MWC over in Miami with Chen is making tons of cash. You know, he's a steady number two, three. A lot of teams can use it. I was checking on the news beforehand that Milwaukee might be interested in both him and Craig Krimble. Um with Krimble, I can understand because he's a reliever. So the idea of maybe you don't want to pay too much, but a starting pitcher, they pretty much demand a pretty strong salary. And right now is we're at that point in the season where we're week three going on week four. This is when teams kind of get desperate a little bit because they don't want to see the reins and fall behind in the horse, in the horse race, basically in the standings. Um, because there's a lot of close, close games going on. Or like, I'm sorry, let me phrase that. There's a lot of close positions at the moment, so maybe you want to close that gap and just be in that hunt and then let June and July kick in where if you're a clear-cut contender of show, if you're fighting for a wild-card spot, maybe you'll need those kind of guys who are already in, you know, back into baseball shape. And then if you know you're going to lose out and you sign this guy and you're not going to be good by the time the deadline comes, then you just turn him away. Honestly, I'm surprised the Marlins, they might as well sign this guy because he could pitch for them be their best pitcher, uh, whatever. He won't get run support, all that type of stuff, and then just flip him. Just flip him for more prospects. Why not? Uh, obviously, Dallas Keiko has a World Series rank, so he's got that playoff experience. And 
Um, why not have him play out? I mean, the Marlins are already the worst team in the league. We're not going to get much better. You start Dallas Keuchel. Maybe one of our young starters struggles. You can send him back to the minors. Sign Dallas Keuchel. Have him play out up until the trade deadline. Uh, flip him to a playoff team. Uh, by that point, Dallas Keuchel w- would have worked out all of his, you know, because uh, he, he obviously didn't go to spring training. Uh, all of his uh, his kinks and stuff with uh, with regards to warming up for the season, and you might have the freshest pitcher at the deadline uh, by that point, which would be greatly beneficial to a team that's maybe on the bubble or maybe uh, maybe like the Yankees that need to be put over the top with the Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, I, I think it kind of plays out like the NBA because they'll wait till some players come out from overseas, like the Birdman what the Heat did a couple of years ago, and they'll just implement in between. But baseball's never like that. You at least want to get some starts into a guy uh, so he gets into his groove and his body gets honed into it. The only pitcher I can think of lately that took this long to get signed was Jake Arrieta, and mm-hmm. he didn't get mm-hmm. signed until March before by the Phillies. And right. he had a kind of like an up-and-down year, but I think sometimes that's just – because he was worn down in Chicago, so – Phillies are like, all right, we'll give you a different spot in the rotation. We'll see how it goes. It's not their number one, to my knowledge. Um, but certainly, if I'm a developing team that wants more prospects, you can at least get a few minor prospects for renting Dallas Keuchel for a couple of months and going from there. Because the idea of a farm system is you always got to trade away two or three to get one, right? Um, you're it, never trading a minor prospect for not another minor prospect. Right. Um, just a quick update is now two to three between the lightning and the jackets. So one goal game and we still have uh six forty left in the second period. So the lightning do have some life at the very least. Uh, we'll keep you posted on this. Uh, as far as the NBA, the Toronto Raptors are up 24 to 13 right now, two seventeen left in the first up in Canada. Uh, against the Magic. Uh, the Magic, uh, I guess that's a good segue into our NBA talk. We're now 134 into the show. So, NBA has uh, has opened up their playoffs, and we've had some, some early surprises uh, to, to speak of. Uh, one, the Orlando Magic. They came up with a Game 1 victory versus the Raptors, although the Raptors have made a a point of losing game ones to open the playoffs every year for the last few seasons. But, uh, uh Andrew, I know you're not the biggest of NBA fans, <laughs> but you got to be happy for Orlando to at least get one from the, from the Raptors. Absolutely. No, no question at all. Um, Orlando's seventh seed, right? We're the seventh seed. Um, you know, that's a huge accomplishment. I know that, I saw clips of a watch party that was taking place on Church Street in downtown Orlando, which is kind of like a hot spot for bars and things like that. It's a it's a uh, it's a gathering point for big events in the city. Uh, you know, when UCF did a uh, does its what's it's called charge on tour each year, where it kind of goes out and speaks into the community. Uh, they've done trophy presentations there. Um, sporting events are televised there. Um, but it went nuts when the, the go ahead, uh, shot was made. So it's, it's cool to see the city kind of, I know it's right next to the Amway 
arena, Amway Arena. I can't even remember. I think it's the center. Uh, it's the center now. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I I live there. I first moved there when the old arena was there, known as the the TD Waterhouse Center, and then it was called the Amway Arena so or the O Arena. That was That's... a little before I was there, but when people when it was just called the original name was the Orlando Arena. Right, but everyone just shortened it to Arena because that's what people do. Um, so I do, I do get the two confused sometimes: Amway Center, Amway Arena. But uh, it was, it's nice to see people coming out and celebrating an Orlando sports team like that. Um, pro sports wise, Orlando hasn't really had a lot to latch on to. I mean, every pro football team that comes there dies, right? But I also mean MLS, Major League Soccer, the Orlando City, and my friends will probably kill me, but they know I'm right. Um, the MLS team, they came in with such high hopes, but they have underplayed those expectations, especially last year, where they went on tremendous losing streak. Multiple, I think. Um, so it's nice to see the town is getting together around the magic and this is the first time they've been in the playoffs since 2011. So this is not only just breaking a streak, the fact that they're into the playoffs is incredible as a division leader, no less, although it was a really weak division, I'll be honest. Um, but to actually win a game when you're so fev- when you're so heavily unfavored, um, you're a seven seed against a very tough Toronto two team with the, the magnificent laugh of Kawhi Leonard. Um, so to win that, you know, that's a, that's a huge shot in the arm for athletics in the city, pro athletics in the city. Um, no one ever wants to be swept. That is true. Um, Especially the lightning right now, uh, but yeah, it was. It's nice to see. I didn't get to see it firsthand, but I know people who were there and watched it. So it's a great kind of bonding situation, I think. And every city that has a sports, a pro sports team, kind of needs that. It kind of brings the city together, you know, camaraderie, that kind of thing. So it's good that Orlando has that in the pro sports realm once again. All right, so I guess the f- game ones, there were a lot of, um, I guess you would call them upsets. The You had the Brooklyn Nets defeating the Philadelphia 76ers. I had always thought the 76ers were the most vulnerable of the Eastern Conference teams, um, as it looks like Boston is finally uh, getting, getting, um, getting some sort of traction. Uh, but uh, Charles, we had commented on D'Angelo Russell. And how he's basically transformed himself out in Brooklyn. I mean, yeah. he's been, uh, I mean, he was, uh, obviously he used to be on the Lakers. And uh, our, our own Cesar kind of kind of regrets the Lakers trading him. But maybe maybe that was for the best for, for, for D'Angelo himself uh, to actually play for the Brooklyn Nets. Less pressure, not... Uh, maybe a, the Nets are actually have a good outlook as far as their future is concerned, um, uh, creating young, talented players and and uh, kind of low key compared to the Knicks. And lo and behold, he he along with um, the rest of the Nets, he scored about twenty six points during that game, uh, despite the fact that Jimmy Butler did as much as he could. 
to to get the Sixers to victory, but he could not. I think Butler had like thirty six points, right, for that game. Yeah, yeah he had thirty. Like eleven of. 20 something of that nature yeah something like that jimmy butler had a game but unfortunately uh the sixers lost and uh people were booing them out in philly the uh, philly fans are were not were not happy whatsoever with with that um uh there was some controversy as far as the players checking a cell phone during the game which is you can't do that in basketball uh, but apparently that player was checking up on his daughter who was sick. So whatever the if, – if that was the reason, then, you know, totally understandable. But he still did break a rule. Uh, pro- pro- probably not, not a huge deal uh, in the grand scheme of things. I don't think that really affected the, the, the Sixers um, being outplayed by the Nets during that game. Um, did you catch any of the games, Charles, for for the the opening rounds? Yeah. Which, yeah, which one I, I caught your eye uh, the most? I mean, Orlando, Toronto, just because when I saw Toronto's push, I had a feeling that they were going to get it, and then came the last minute shot at the end. They were like, "Wow!" Um, I was watching. Also, I, I watched a good amount of them. I watched Portland, Oklahoma. Um, I watched a little bit of the the 76ers in Brooklyn. I mean, with the 76ers, it just goes – that team, and I'm going to focus on them because I kind of – you know, I have not been on the Jimmy Butler hype train for what the 76ers gave up to him because one right. is that I think he sometimes thinks he's better than what he really is. He's still a great player, but he's not a guy that I assess on the Supermax. And also, I just don't think he fits and gels with that team. The way they played in game one was like as if it was the first time or the second time ever that – all of them have played together and really we've gotten like two thirds of the season. in, so it's kind of inexcusable. I mean, it's like Ben Simmons is there and then it's Jimmy and they both want to be primary ball handlers. And then you have Joel Embiid taking weird three point shots that are pseudo open. He can't lay in. And then JJ Redick, you know what he's going to do. He's going to try to launch it out. Um, they felt kind of lethargic and they made some runs and then they let Brooklyn kind of go with their confidence and kudos to Brooklyn and Orlando for being games that people said they had no business of being. They said they were the product of a Eastern conference that's very weak, but both teams are at 500 or over 500. So, you know, Hey, it's not like that one year where the Atlanta Hawks went like 39 and 40 something and get to go into playoffs slipping in. They, you know, these teams are showing they belong in it. They're not, I don't feel that they're going to win the series. I think Toronto will bounce back appropriately because you're allowed to lose a game. Right. You know, and the reason why I bring that up is because me and my friend were talking about it earlier today because he made the bold prediction that, oh, I don't think the Golden State Warriors are going to win because they, you know, that was his whole proclamation at the beginning of the season. And it's like, oh, take him point because one game is a, you know, validation of his statement. Look how they blew a 30 point lead. I'm like, it's one game, man. Other things happen, like, you know, DeMarcus Cousins tore his quad. So yeah, he's out. probably he's out for the playoffs, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, one, that's bad for him because he was really capitalizing on this healthy year to make more cash. And yeah. two, they don't really have a guy to cover, you know, the post that well. I've probably got Cook or Yeah, that, that was the thing um, because, like, part of it is, and I was listening to Raja Bell actually break this down, uh, former FIU Panther, by the way. Um, uh, he was uh, saying that losing DeMarcus Cousins is actually a, a pretty big blow to the Warriors because that's one less player um, that can, especially a big man like that, that can create his own shot 
uh, out of nothing. Now, of course, they have Steph Curry. Of course, they got Kevin Durant. But that that they could dump it into the post and let Demarcus do his work. Um, now that's gone. However, um, uh, and the Lightning have tied the game, three three two oh eight second period. So the Lightning have have turned the tables on the Blue Jackets. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, and another thing was um, was uh, Patrick Beverly. Uh, getting under Kevin Durant's skin. And that was another thing Raja Bell was talking about because if you remember, he had that issue with Kobe Bryant. Uh, there was a bit of a clothesline, if you will. Uh, and But that was his job. That He knew that was his job, was to get under Kobe Bryant's skin. And he said the issue with Kevin Durant was that Kevin Durant let Patrick Beverly in. He knows that he's in his head. Whereas Kobe Bryant did not allow Raja Bell to be in his head. And that could, because he, as he saw what happened, you know, he got the two texts and he was out. Um, so Kevin Durant is a bit of a hothead now ever since, you know, he started to tell everybody's feelings and stuff and has the burner accounts. Uh, it looks like if you get under his skin, uh, you might be able to make the Warriors vulnerable. I don't know how vulnerable. Uh, but we'll see what happens when they face the Houston Rockets, who absolutely spanked the the Utah Jazz, who are the number one defense in the league. <laughs> they did not have any semblance of defense, losing 90-122. Um, but yes, yeah, so it, it's probably the most vulnerable of the Warriors team so far, outside of the, the 2016 uh, that lost to, to LeBron and the Cavs. But I still find them the favorite in the West. I think they'll get their crap together. I mean, it's only one game, though. They'll they'll get it together. Yeah. Well, that, that's the problem with playoffs in general is that you, you whether it's a thirty point loss or if it's a one point loss when you're favored to win, everybody becomes a critic on crack, um, and that's throughout all sports. You know, when you're the favorite and you're not even just going against an underdog, you're going against the underdog who has no business. Because I I like what Doc Rivers is doing with the Clippers, but you know, I can't name you more than three guys on that team because they're just working with a lot of blue-collar veterans, aside from, what, Lou Williams and maybe some dudes. I, I can't even name you two right now. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of want that weakness. I know when, we, you know, Miami was in their heyday, you know, people were looking at that uh, for when LeBron and Bosh and Wade were bringing in. They were looking for that one poke of the hole. It is, though, to be oh, fair. Hold on, it is four to three now. Oof. This is getting wild, people. It is one of those games. We're getting a shootout. Hmm. I, I can feel Andrew's uh, heart beating from here. <laughs> okay. So, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Um, but, you know, it, it's a different animal back then from the Heat you know, dynasty or pseudo dynasty to, like, the Warriors dynasty. But with every team, if you lose in the playoffs and you shouldn't lose a game, you know, everybody automatically may think that, okay, you're not losing that series, but you're going to lose the conference finals or you just lose the NBA finals or, you know, the, the Stanley Cup finals, what have you. Yeah. Uh, it didn't happen to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, thoroughly, uh, uh, Blake Griffin-less Pistons. Yeah. They did not give them any sort of leeway whatsoever. Um, that That's going to be a quick series. Yeah. Um, 
finally. Okay, so then the Sixers got their crap together and tied up the series between them and the Nets. Uh, the the Clippers, uh, once again, we, we talked about their, their, their huge comeback against the Warriors. Uh, right now, 23-36 between the Magic and the Raptors. And alrighty, so those are our game twos that are happening at this point. Um, and the it looks like the Celtics are. I mean, the Pacers tried as they mu- try as they as they did this season without Victor Oladipo. Um, they're not going to win that series. If Oladipo was in this series, that's because they they only beat them eighty four to seventy four out in Boston. Uh, this would be completely different. Um, Oladipo quickly makes up those 10 points um it's just unfortunate for the pacers but it it bodes well for their future um okay so that's uh any anything i mean it's the first round we kind of have an idea um i think the scary one will be the nuggets and the spurs because although the nuggets are the higher seed the spurs have greg popovich and uh, a lot of experienced players on that squad they're a better team. The seeding yeah. doesn't reflect. Exactly. Know, the seeding doesn't reflect their talent. The regular season didn't reflect their talent at all. No. No. So I, you I just got they I just... Popovich was playing. Popovich was just figuring out his tools. He's got Demar Derozan. He's got Derek White, who jumped out of nowhere. He's just giving it time. He's biding his time. And you know, with the Nuggets, they have a good coach in Mike Malone, who was ousted by unrightfully ousted by Sacramento a couple of years back. They've been patient with him. They've allowed. The, who the, the, as by the by, the, the the Kings have have hired Luke Walton as their next head coach, which says what uh, about what LA was doing? If he was able to get a job less than twenty four hours, I mean, I've seen some quick hires. I don't think I've seen a hire that quick. Of course, you know, the so. Kings keep changing head coaches like every season, but that's like another candy. yeah, that's another story. Yeah, I mean, so it was definitely an interesting, um, definitely interesting. Whether he can maximize that talent, you know, is a different story. However, he's got healthier, you know, rookies and young guys compared to what he had in L.A. Because he got, it really, he got fired because of the politics. You know, Magic probably stormed on his way out, kicking and screaming like a baby. Yeah. And then the collateral effects of everything was just too much. So you rather just blow it all up to hell and go on a clean slate. It reminds me of Jeff Fisher and Vince Young when there was that dynamic. So, you know, they got rid of Vince Young, makes you think they chose Jeff Fisher, and then they waited a couple days later and they just fired Jeff Fisher. Like, you know what, if we're starting, we're starting from ground up, um, going from there. My microphone was out. Okay, we're in the last 10 minutes. Another topic I want to throw out to you guys is... Um, okay, so I don't know if you guys have heard of this video game called Sekiro. Yes. Okay, it's another one. It's from From Software, correct? Uh, another one. I don't know if you've heard of Dark Souls. I have. Okay. Yep. Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Basically, uh, insanely hard video games of this era. NES type of hard games. Um, 
there was a, a comment by their the, the developer of of Sekiro with regards to quote unquote cheating in video games. Um, uh, essentially, what was the what was the it was a quote, right? Like you gain nothing, whatever, all type of stuff. Um, but it was just a criticism of of players cheating their way to victory in a video game. I uh, have used countless amounts of cheat codes in video games, especially as I've gotten older and I have less free time on my hands. So, yes, if I pay 60 to $70 for my video game and I want to see the ending to it without going to YouTube and seeing some Let's Player do it and do it for myself, if I can take some leeway and find a cheat code that helps me get through your insanely hard game that apparently you have all the time in the world to play as, then I'll do whatever I want. You know, I'm Cartman. Whatever, whatever. I do what I want. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to use the cheat codes. I remember um, uh, the, all the Wii games that I had. Uh, I I hacked my Wii and I was able to put the cheat codes into all the games that I had. So, yes, I do want uh, to be completely invincible so I can see the storyline to this game. And you know what? Yeah, sometimes I do feel like wanting to be Superman. Not Superman from Superman 64, but Superman and just absolutely decimate everything in my path and just live my, my little dream inside of my head. I don't see what if there's any... Guys, is there anything wrong with that? No. Okay. Is there That's anything wrong with that? I mean, we're just talking right now in the comments section, uh, Charles, BU, and I, we all lament the loss of the quote-unquote true cheat code. Right, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, remember, like Grand Theft Auto, I don't think I've ever actually played through a story of Grand Theft Auto. I just put on the cheat codes and just have right. absolutely just mindless go, fun. Go to town. Uh, really? It's, I think that's part Video games, I think, by their interactive nature, need to have some form of some level of uh, flexibility. Um, the only MTX I've ever paid for is GTA Online, mostly because I wanted the Criminal Starter Pack. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. I think if if you want someone to watch through something to complete something evenly equally like everyone else go watch a movie um because well you'll see my point in a sec but there are people like us who we don't have time to go through and play an entire game but we still want that same satisfaction so you know some people will play it on easy so they can that's on what a, i do on easy so you can still get the satisfaction of beating the game but you're not going to be held up at a certain point for 15 months. Um, whereas these Let's Players, you know, that is literally their job is to play video games. So they can play it on hard, and they're professionals, so they know what to do. But cheat codes, it kind of adds to that interactivity. Because, like, in that baseball game that we played a few months ago, um, which company made that? That was... That was well, long dead acclaim, but yes, acclaim software. Rest in peace, acclaim. Um, 
that is very true. Exactly. BD. So that's the, the the outside of it. Okay, multiplayer. If you've hacked your console or hacked your PC uh, or put mods, so in, especially in PC, especially in PC, because I uh, like in Sonic Mania. I have Sonic Mania on, on my PC, and the leaderboards for the time trials is just absolutely decimated because of people have modded their games, and you know it's not fun anymore. Um, but to, to the gallows yeah. with you. Exactly. If, if you do that, like cheating in multiplayer, that's 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 egregious. That's 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 uh, that's next to the Wii Mini as far as a war crime is concerned. <laughs> I remember the first time I had ever seen uh, the impact of of cheating in video games and the consequences of pissing people off. I was playing Mario Kart 64 uh, with my dad and my cousin. Okay, now. This is like circa, let's say, 2000 or 2001. Uh, by that point, Mario Kart 64 was a staple of my family. Okay? Myself, my sister, and my dad, every night, would play Mario Kart 64 for about an hour or two. And we would, we would, uh, we would have a winner each night. The winner of that night would be the champion of the night. Okay? Uh, and each one of us held that crown you know having crowns for for several days during the week or having a whole week sometimes you know we were on our game and you know my dad would play would play would pick bowser and i'd be mario my sister would be yoshi and and that was our dynamic every night so my cousin coming from miami he visited us at west palm beach we don't play with him much okay but he had Mario Kart 64 as well my dad and i okay well let's include him into our competition here uh, we were playing in the Wario Stadium. There's a part of Wario Stadium where you can jump over and create a uh, jump over over one of the the walls, and it's basically a shortcut. Now, I knew of this exploit because uh, you know, uh, internet and stuff like that. Um, and my cousin knew how to pull it off flawlessly. I would not do that because I am a sane individual who understands the the value of competition. <laughs> My dad, on the other hand, oh no, <laughs> did not know of the secret. But it wasn't that he. W- but my dad was not unaware of my cousin's actions, because back then, when there used to be split split screen multiplayer, um, you know there. Good old days. Back the good then. old days. Absolutely. Even though we have massive HD TVs now and 4K TVs that could totally support it, but you know, uh, 30 frames per second is all the PS4 and the Xbox One can muster, apparently. Um, <laughs> my dad caught wind of it. You know, just looking, you know, slightly on it. Yes, we we screen watched each other just to see where we are as so we have to throw some some green shells behind us. My dad saw it and um, he paused the game immediately. He put down his controller, he stood up, lording over my cousin, looming over him, and said, in Spanish, if you do that again, I'm going to shut off this console, and you're going to go home. (laughs) I will kick you out of this house right now. Wow. (laughs) Okay. My dad, the Mario Kart 64 was cheating in Mario, it was sacrilege. Cheating in Mario Kart 64 my, for my dad was sacrilege, okay? <laughs> so he, we restarted that race, and he got the point. <laughs> my dad won. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think, I mean. I so think I think uh, 
we should implement that across all online multiplayer games. Just have dads in every city <laughs> walk in. Like, they'll know the console and they'll go to the address and just have a dad go over there and yell at, at, the, at the offender. <laughs> oh, don't mind me. I'm just... Oh, this this uh, this gun that I'm holding here, you know. Oh, don't mind me. There, there's no reason. I'm just the dad it. brigade. The dad brigade. <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. I'm nothing, nothing to see here. But yeah, have you guys ever cheated in a multiplayer video game? Have you guys ever been tempted? I think the I worst mean... that I've ever done is screen looking. Yeah. I, look, I, I cannot speak for moments when I've stood up, you know, as I'm playing a local game against a friend, maybe a Mortal Kombat when they're getting you in the corner over and over. Of Mortal Kombat 11 is about to come out on the Switch. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Very tempted on that one. Um, I, I'm usually just that fussy player, but I don't think I've, like, cheated more or less. I'll just not, if I know a move that you don't know how to do. Oh, no, that's not cheating. That's just, that's just skill. That is just skill. That is absolute skill. Yeah. Or you could press the pause button. They have the moves there or you, you should have read up on this before you started playing. (laughs) Uh, Just, just remember this, the immortal words of, you know, Charles T over here that winning at any cost, no matter good or bad is better than losing. So there you go. (laughs) <laughs> Although, yeah, well, me and Andrew had some first-hand experience. On Saturday, we played some Smash Brothers co-op multiplayer Oof. Um, Oof. online. We went online. We had our butts handed to us a few times, but we we got a few wins on under under our belt. He's actually getting yeah. better. Um, the fact that uh, actually what really helped was I actually gave him a, a real controller this time. Instead of just the the Joy-Con on its side, which is also oh, that that, that is also a war crime, and I'm sorry. Francisco, you're <laughs> you're an attorney. Pay the twenty bucks at at GameStop for, for like the wire controller. <laughs> okay, no, but no, I gave him the Wii the Wii Pro controller, the Wii U Pro controller. He was fine. Okay, okay, then he's good. That's yeah, good. he was good. Now, actually, he actually was greatly improved. But he, he is <laughs> he's he's found out his main. He's a Kirby player. Hey, Kirby, Kirby's legitimate. If you know how to use them, you can wreck up. Yeah, I've, I'm starting to figure out a few tips and tricks with him how to... Uh, I think what really helps him is the recovery, because he can float and yeah, that's get back my to the biggest stage. Thing. My biggest thing is I keep falling off the stage because I lose myself. But if I can catch and see myself, I have, I don't want to say unlimited, but I have a lot of opportunities to kind of float back into things. Um. But uh, uh, what is it? also turning into like the the anvil or whatever is great. Down B, yeah. Down B and up B too. Yeah, the down and so. yeah, he loves the up B. Um, he ha- you haven't really much used the copy ability where he sucks people up and. I'm starting. I'm starting to use that. But a little bit. that requires knowing all of the other characters. That's the thing. There's like 70 other characters, so that's the hard part. <laughs> Uh, what the wonderful thing was in our last, I think one of the last games we had. So I'm a, I'm a snake main now. Um, He's literally wearing a bandana right yeah. now. Okay, so <laughs> I've been really getting to Metal Gear Solid. Uh, so um, uh, I found out that I could place my C4 onto Kirby, Andrew, yeah, my cool. teammate, who then can transfer it to unknowingly uh, to the. Um, to the opponent, and so I was able to actually pull it off in game. 
because <laughs> I was keeping track of it. I placed it on him. He just started floating around. As soon as he he planted it on someone who had like a hundred eight hundred percent, I I let it go, and it was incredibly satisfying. <laughs> Uh, we are okay we're at the two hour mark all right folks okay that's that's it that's it that's enough uh talking about smash brothers and cheating in video games and all that other good stuff so um i guess thank you guys for 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 watching um our 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 show thank you to everyone who watched this evening uh bu straubs slash uh maybe missing a few people uh but if i missed your name know that we do we appreciate you all for being here this evening and uh you know hanging out with us you know this is something that we like to do every week and have fun um and it's always a lot more fun when you guys are doing it with us thank you for tolerating me that's all i'm saying all right so have a good night everybody Good night, everyone. Bye-bye.